side to make the crunch time plays. Now your host, Bennett Ganey. Bennett Ganey. The crunch, crunch, crunch time plays. This is Pat Smith from Three Man Front, and you're listening to Crunch Time Plays. Hey there, it's Brooks Austin with Sports Illustrated's Dogs Daily. You're listening to Crunch Time Plays. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Tara Talmadge with the Pig Trail Nation, and you are watching and listening to Crunch Time Plays. Hey, it's Jim Dunaway from the next round, and when it comes down to the final ticks on the clock, always look for Crunch Time Plays. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Crunch Time Recap right here on Crunch Time Plays. We're recapping everything that happened in Week 12 throughout the world of college football. A fresh batch of college football playoff rankings just got released as well. We're going to react to all that, so thanks so much for joining us. Make sure you're subscribed to the Crunch Time Plays YouTube channel. Don't want to miss anything that's going on. A lot of coaching searches around, a lot of games to, to talk about and, and preview as we move towards rivalry Saturday in the world of college football week 13 the final week of the regular season so thanks so much for joining us make sure you're subscribed like i said to the crunch time plays youtube channel thanks so much to the people that already have and it's absolutely free to do that helps us keep the show free so absolutely appreciate everybody for watching and listening and make sure you hit that subscribe button make sure you hit that subscribe button on apple Podcasts and spotify and leave us a five-star review on apple Podcasts. got some exciting stuff to announce here in the next few weeks about a few weeks about uh, merchandise for the show so if uh if you're so inclined leave us a five-star review and whenever we get uh, that merchandise we'll probably go ahead and select a, a few people that left a five-star review uh, to go ahead and give give out some free merch to whenever we get that rolling so very excited about that and very excited to have you watching and listening to crunch time plays today make sure you're following on social media at plays crunch got a some more recruiting graphics out there. Our crunch time plays for rivalry week are going to be out there uh, coming up later in the week. So certainly appreciate everybody who follows us on social media. And if you're not, you're, you're missing out on the recruiting information. You're missing out on the betting picks. You're missing out on the prize picks, player props every week. So if you, if you like money, if you like the betting and you like the, the prize picks, player props that we give out, make sure you're following on social media at Plays Crunch, Twitter and Instagram. And if you love recruiting, which we do around here, then make sure you're following there as well. So I'm going to dive into the Crunch Time recap. South Carolina, 21, Auburn, 17 on Saturday night. Shane Beamer and the South Carolina Gamecocks are bowl eligible. Now it's six and five. And let's start with Auburn first because you got a lot, you obviously have a lot of things to say about about South Carolina at the end. So I'm going to start with Auburn first. I really don't know uh, why Brian Harson up 14 to seven, decided to go for it on his own side of the field. It's not so much that he decided to go for it. It's just the play call, the play action, trying to throw it deep to Demetrius Robertson down the field. It was well covered by Marcellus Dial on that play. And if you, you know, you got Tank Bigsby, who to me was really unutilized uh, in that game on, on Saturday against South Carolina. He, got a couple carries at a time and and got got a handful of yards and then they kind of took him out and just put Hunter and and Shivers got a couple of uh, carries as well so I didn't really understand number one why Tank Bigsby wasn't on the field on that fourth and one when it was 14 to 7 Auburn but you also have a 
a guy this tall and, and lengthy playing quarterback in TJ Finley with Bo Nix being out. So why not do a quarterback sneak or, or something like that in that in that situation? So that really turned the momentum. South Carolina had just scored a touchdown and and that allowed South Carolina to go right back down the field and they hit Trey Jones, the big offensive lineman who they bring in to block every now and then. They hit him on the three yard touchdown pass from Jason Brown. So and that's really what it gave South Carolina the momentum heading in to the half, tied at 14, and really allowed them to take control uh, in the second half. And 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 then for Auburn, no, I know a lot of people's gonna, a lot of people are gonna look at this and say um, that's gonna be a disappointing season. And then Brian Harson certainly, uh, the last few weeks, uh, Auburn has certainly not lived up to where they were in the middle part of the year. Uh, whenever. Uh, they were knocking off LSU whenever Bo Nix came back in. Whenever they beat Ole Miss at home, certainly not, certainly not playing uh, up to that up to that level uh, here later in the season. And and they've certainly seemed like that they've you know, just just regressed a little bit. I know Bo Nix is being out had a lot to do with that on Saturday, but for South Carolina and and Shane Beamer, the perfect gift to describe. Shane Beamer, and I've seen it a lot from South Carolina fans on social media, is the three guys that are around the table and, and they're all chanting one of us, one of us. Well, Shane Beamer is one of South Carolina. He was obviously at South Carolina before, part of the group instrumental in the SEC East championship team in 2010, and then obviously he left. After the, 2020, after the 2010 season, whenever Judevian Clowney on National Signing Day signed in 2011 on Valentine's Day, he left to go back to Virginia Tech after that. So he was part of the orchestration of the greatest seasons uh, in South Carolina football history, the 311 win seasons, and, and very instrumental in, in the SEC East Championship season as well. So, so Shane Beamer is South Carolina football as we've known it in the past 10 years or so. And, and for him to come back, and obviously the offseason was incredible. The preseason, whenever the recruiting cycle uh, opened back up, whenever the recruits were able to start coming back on campus, he was instrumental in that. And what a, what a wave of momentum leading into the season and the positive energy and the culture that Shane Beamer has built, that's something that's going to last in Columbia. And for them to get to a bowl game, I know a lot of people nationally thought that Carolina would only win you know, four or five games. Obviously, four was the, the Vegas over-under leading into the season. But, but those who, if you are around the South Carolina program, you knew that the Will Muschamp didn't leave the cupboard bare. There were still some very talented players especially on offense and the defensive line was, was very talented as well. So coach Muschamp did not leave uh, the cover bare and, and coach Beamer instilling that positive culture, that positive energy that has really carried throughout the season, even through the adversity. And this team is, is so much better now than they were when, when we watched them play Tennessee uh, in the middle part of the year. So, all credit to to Shane Beamer and that and that coaching staff. They're they're doing an incredible job. But 
said it during the during the preseason. We had Pat Smith uh, on here from Three Man Front. And we were talking about possible SEC Coach of the Year candidates, and and if Shane Beamer and South Carolina are able to defeat uh, Clemson here on Rivalry Week and get to seven and five, I really do believe that Shane Beamer should be the SEC Coach of the Year. I think it's between him and and Sam Pittman right now, and a lot of people want to talk about Kirby Smart, but but he he's probably not going to win it for the same reasons as Nick Saban didn't win it up until last year. That was the first time Nick Saban had won SEC Coach of the Year. And so it's really between him and, and Sam Pittman, I believe. Josh Heupel is another one who is going to be in consideration. Lane Kiffin should be in consideration. If Ole Miss beats Mississippi State, he's, he could have the Rebels – uh, at 10 and two at the end of the regular season. What an accomplishment that is uh, for Lane Kiffin and, and that staff there at Ole Miss. But all the credit in the world to Shane Beamer and this coaching staff for the culture that they're instilling in Columbia. And, you know, the recruits are are definitely taking notice, like, you, like we said. You're going to need to be some staff changes on the offensive side of the ball. Marcus Satterfield, he's – they're going to need to, to still change some things up there, and I think Coach Beamer realizes that. And so the the future is is bright uh, in Columbia, South Carolina, and all credit to Shane Beamer and this coaching staff. And, and that, you know, the gift still applies. And, you know, another thing that, that I was thinking about in terms of this game was kind of the 1960s Batman. I love 1960s Batman, but – at the end of every ep- at the end of the episode when they want to when they want to build a dramatic climax uh, thought about that in relation to this specific game South Carolina and Auburn will Shane Beamer win SEC coach of the year if he defeats Clemson next week in rivalry week will Brian Harson leave for Washington the head coaching job I think there's some legitimacy there not sure if he would want to leave Auburn after year 1 but that's, those are the two questions. 1960s Batman. Will Shane Beamer win SEC Coach of the Year? Will Brian Harson leave Auburn to go to Washington? Tune in again next week to find out right here on Crunch Time Plays. I think we're going to have uh, some answers, especially on the, on the latter. Not so much on the former with Shane Beamer. Gonna Obviously, the voting still has to take place for that. So, but tune in the next couple weeks to Crunch Time Plays to find out. Clemson, on the other hand, they knock off Wake Forest 48 to 27. And and Will Shipley, the running back for Clemson, said it best uh, after the game. This, this is Dabo Sweeney's best coaching job uh, at Clemson to me. Now, there might be people that out there that not agree with me on that, but I b- truly believe that this is Dabo Sweeney's best coaching job from the reports that you hear out of the locker room they have a running backs transfer out and Lynn J Dixon and Michael Dukes but you know, Kobe Pace and, and Will Shipley and Shipley said it best after the game the selfishness in the running back room specifically early in the year I think got the got the better of Clemson is what is how Will Shipley put it and I think he put it very well but now they are genuinely happy for each other. They are gener- genuinely pulling for each other. And I think Dabo Sweeney and that staff uh, has a lot to do with that and a- able to change the mindset around, be able to flip the script midseason on that. 
And if they if they beat South Carolina this week, get to nine and three, win the bowl game, ten and three, what a what a coaching job by by Coach Sweeney and that staff this year. Coach Sweeney's only won ACC Coach of the Year twice, but if and I know there's a lot of worthy candidates out there in the ACC this year, and Dave Clawson, Pat Narduzzi is another one, but but Dabo Sweeney, if he uh, wins uh, nine or ten games at, at Clemson this year. I would, we would consider this to be his best coaching job, and therefore he would he would rightfully deserve that ACC Coach of the Year title. They still need a lot to happen this week in order to make it to the ACC championship game. They need both Wake Forest and and uh, NC State to lose. So again, a lot a lot of hurdles to climb over if Clemson's going to play uh, in Charlotte next week. Uh, in the ACC championship game because Wake Forest only has the one conference loss now over Clemson because the game against North Carolina that they played uh, did not count as a conference game. They played that as a non-conference game. So only one conference loss to Clemson for Wake Forest. So they're going to have to lose for Clemson to be able to make the ACC championship game. And also NC State, due to the head-to-head, they're going to have to lose for Clemson to play in the ACC championship game as well. But what a what an incredible run for, for Wake Forest. The, the, the lack of defense has really uh, caught up with them in the last couple weeks, losing to North Carolina, losing to Clemson. But just the, the job that Dave Clawson has done uh, this year at Wake Forest and Sam Hartman is one of the top quarterbacks in the ACC this season so what a job uh, that whole staff has done but but all credit uh, to coach Sweeney and, and Clemson they're really uh, playing their best football at the end of the year and, and Kobe Pace and Will Shipley running the football behind an offensive line that has developed a little bit more continuity here late in the year that has been the key for for Clemson so congratulations to them for the 48-27 win over Wake Forest and I know everybody uh, in South Carolina is looking forward to, to when Clemson comes into williams Bryce Stadium on Saturday night at 7.30 on the SEC Network. Going to be doing a crunch time preview later in the week for that, so stay tuned for that. And moving out of the moving out of the southeast footprint now, we're going to dive back into it in, in a little bit, talking some Alabama-Arkansas. We're going to talk Dan Mullen being out at Florida, where Florida goes from here. So we're going to dive back into the Southeast. But first, want to hit on two games. Want to hit on Ohio State and Michigan State, and then also want to hit on Utah and Oregon, the two games that really impacted the college football playoff race last week. So wait, so Ohio State, they route Michigan State 56-7. to and, and we had Steve Hellwagon on last week talking about the porousness of I'm not really sure if that's a word, porousness, but anyway, just made it up. Michigan State, how vulnerable they were uh, on the back end in the secondary, but but still, all credit to that Ohio State offense because Ohio State is peaking at the right time. We always talk about we want to play, we want to play as a team. We always want to play our best football in November, and Ohio State is certainly doing that. Ohio State is peaking at the right time and go ahead leading into the game against Michigan here on rivalry week. Certainly looking forward to that one on Saturday as well. But 
C.J. Stroud, another incredible performance. All three wide receivers, Smith and Jigba, Olave and Garrett Wilson, all received for over 100 yards, all had touchdowns in the game. And that Ohio State offense is firing on all cylinders right now like they have been the last couple weeks. And and all credit uh, to them because they – at the end of the day, you still have to to make the plays. And Michigan State, even though they were dead last in the country in pass defense, some of the some of the other metrics that and analytics that we look at, Michigan State, they really weren't too bad uh, in terms of of pass defense. I know they're last and they're obviously last in the country in terms of of yardage given up uh, in pass defense, but some of those. Uh, metrics, especially on third down, different things like that. They weren't as bad as as people would be led to believe. So uh, still all the credit to Ohio State. But the question that I have for Ohio State and the crunch time question is, did we – are we – will we overreact to, to the game against Michigan State because how great it was. They still got Michigan this week. Michigan's going to be a lot tougher opponent. I believe in Michigan State. So still got Michigan this week. And if you win that one, obviously beat Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship game, you're going to be in the college football playoff. But the college football playoff rankings obviously came out on Tuesday night. And Ohio State was ranked number two ahead of Alabama at number three, which when we're going off merit based, I think those two teams are pretty similar. But in terms of merit and what the committee uh, has to look at in terms of schedule and different things like that. Ohio State should be ranked uh, ahead of Alabama because I mean at the end of the day, uh, two and three uh, right now. It the only thing that that matters if you're number two or number three is who's wearing the home uniform uh, in the playoff game. So that's really the only thing that matters uh, being number two and number three. But going to react to the to the playoff rankings in full uh, later in the week uh, as we know we hadn't done uh, the college football playoff ranking reaction here lately the last few weeks because it's all everything's obviously working itself out so definitely definitely next week uh, after rivalry week we're going to start back uh, doing the college football playoff ranking uh, crunch time recap so stay tuned for that next week but for Michigan State the expectations obviously change when they were undefeated going into the Michigan game everybody especially around East Lansing was thinking college football playoff national championship type game and everybody nationally was thinking that oh wow Michigan State is is really good and they are they are really good Mel Tucker's done an incredible job but all of a sudden we're seeing now since they got routed by Ohio State that seeing this season's a failure for Michigan State well no it's not because Michigan State was only the Vegas over-under was three and a half or four wins at the end, at the beginning of the season. And they are five games above that right now at nine and two. And that's the reason that Mel Tucker is most likely about to sign that huge 10-year, $95 million contract. Because it's it's not that, well, they it's not that, well, they got routed by Ohio State, so Mel Tucker's not a good coach. And and they're and they're going downhill and can't believe just paid him that amount of money. Well, the reason that Mel Tucker is is about to be getting paid that kind of money is the kind of job he did in the transfer portal 
being able to bring in. It's really easy to to flip a roster now uh, if you're in the right situation with the transfer portal, especially through recruiting, but especially the transfer portal. And Mel Tucker took full advantage of that uh, in the preseason. And all credit to him for that. That's why he deserves uh, this new contract if he does end up signing it because this team was only supposed to win three and a half to four games this year. Right now they're sitting at nine and two. So this team has far exceeded expectation that we had for them in the preseason. So congratulations to Mel Tucker and to Michigan State, even though Saturday was tough, losing 56-7, to being down 49 to nothing at halftime. That obviously does not feel good, but still, Mel Tucker and that staff, they have to feel really good about where they are, especially uh, given the expectation leading into the season. But Ohio State, they're peaking at the right time. Very much looking forward to watching them play against Michigan on Saturday. And going to stick outside of the Southeast for a moment, talk about Utah and Oregon. Utah beats Oregon 38-7. to The Ducks are now out of the college football playoff race. So the Pac-12 and the ACC now have officially been eliminated from the college football playoff. And, and Utah, when they were up 14 to nothing, it truly felt like the game was over. Tavian Thomas, the running back for Utah, he ran for, for over 90 yards and three touchdowns, and they exerted their will uh, on Oregon. Even when it was 14 to nothing, you thought the game was over and Oregon could never muster up anything offensively. They got behind. They had to, had to start throwing the football abandoning the run so not many rushing yards for Oregon uh, on Saturday night which is really how they made their money uh throughout the entire throughout the entire season so all the credit to Utah 38 to 7 win over Oregon Tavian Thomas as we dive into our crunch time players the last thing that we're going to do here on the crunch time recap in just a few minutes you're going to see he's on there uh, for week 12 he was an integral integral part of Utah's 38-7 win over Oregon. So now Oregon is is out of the college football playoff race. And be interesting to see, obviously, if Miami opens up, there's going to be a lot of talk about Mario Cristobal. So going to be looking forward to, to see him, uh, what gets made of that, if indeed that Miami job does come open and Manny Diaz uh, is let go there at Miami. But uh, Utah, 38 Oregon 7, and we're going to talk more about Tavian Thomas here in just a few minutes as we dive into the crunch time players. But Alabama, they knock off Arkansas 42-35. to 35 and, and just looking at the box score, you would think that Arkansas only ran for 110 yards rushing. You would think that, that it would be a route for Alabama, but that wasn't the case. K.J. Jefferson had a really big day, was able to hit Traylon Burks, for 179 yards and a couple of touchdowns. So obviously a really big day uh, for Alabama, or excuse me, for Arkansas uh, there. But it was a really big day for Alabama as well because Bryce Young, quarterback for Alabama, set set records, threw for over 500 yards, threw for five touchdowns. Jamison Williams continues to be uh, the top wide receiver for Alabama alongside John Mechie. They really do need – if they're going to make this stretch run right here, if they're going to beat Georgia in the SEC championship game, if they want to make the make it into the playoff, and if they want to win a national championship, they're going to need a couple more of those wide receivers, especially 
those freshmen, JoJo Oral, GA Hall, uh, those guys, they're going to need uh, those guys to step up down the stretch for Alabama. But Sam Pittman, again, for Arkansas, this is why that most people peg him as the possible SEC coach of the year because of the job that he's done at Arkansas, being able to fight that hard against Alabama because Arkansas is a good team. If you were to give Arkansas somebody else's schedule, they would probably only have one loss right now, or they might be undefeated. If you were to give them, like, you know, if you were to give them coastal schedule, coastal Carolina schedule, or, or different things like that, you, you're not, quote, quote my good friend Josh Pate, who we've had on the show plenty of times, you are not always what your record says you are in college football. Is as you are in the NFL, so you're not all you're not what your record says you are, not always. And Arkansas is certainly a great exception to that. They are a very, very good football team, and and Alabama. It was a good win for Alabama because and Nick Saban even acknowledged it after the game. He said, "I was proud to see our team fight the way that they did because he he knows that Arkansas is a good team. They needed to win." A game like that is really great for the psyche going down the stretch, leading into the Auburn game, the Iron Bowl, and leading into the SEC championship game against Georgia. So right now, definitely put Ohio State just ahead of Alabama, uh, as the committee did. Ohio State number two, Alabama number three. But again, I thought, I thought Alabama actually, you know, they looked uh, relatively, I know the secondary didn't look that great, but offensively they fired on all cylinders very well uh, still got to get the run game going though obviously only two uh, really only two very capable running backs left on Alabama's roster right now so definitely would love to see them be able to be able to kind of get downhill in the run game in the Iron Bowl on Saturday so looking forward to that and uh and again you know Alabama's they they should be just behind Ohio State uh, there at number three. So, but I did think that, like Coach Saban, I did think that that was a really great win for Alabama, and it's it's only going to propel them uh, moving forward. And so, um, it's all credit to to Alabama and, and Bryce Young. You'll you'll see him again uh, here in just a few minutes when we get into the crunch time players. But final thing that I wanted to do right here on the crunch time recap is talk about Florida and Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen, of course, uh, is out at Florida now. The official news has come down, and and obviously we've been expecting this for for a few weeks now. It seems like it was mainly decided after after the South Carolina game, really. And uh, according to to a lot of people, and um, obviously Dan Mullen, it, a lot of people. If you're a Florida fan, I know you thought, and and I did as well. We thought that that Dan Mullen could be the guy at Florida. And then especially after, you know, after last year playing Alabama so close in the SEC championship game, but really came unraveled uh, really whenever Marco Wilson threw the shoe against LSU and they lost that game and took him out of contention for the college football playoff. And, and then the, the bowl game or every, all the opt-outs and Dan Mullen flirting with the NFL team wasn't interested in being there getting routed by Oklahoma and then kind of having to re-engage uh, this season. It's 
certainly they got up for that game against Alabama, only losing by two, 31 to 29. And then it just kind of and then it just kind of went downhill uh from there. So so Dan Mullen is is out now at Florida. But the key, the key for Florida going forward and seen a lot of Billy Napier talk obviously early and gotta have a pretty strong feeling that this is a job that Billy Napier is waiting for, especially if he doesn't get any traction with the the LSU job. This is the kind of opportunity at Florida that Billy Napier has been waiting for. And we're going to see a lot about Billy Napier uh, coming up here in the next couple weeks as we end the regular season and, and Louisiana plays in, in the Sunbelt championship game. So going to be seeing a lot about Billy Napier probably here in the next couple weeks as it relates to not only the the Florida job, but maybe the LSU job as well, uh, if they if they pique uh, some more interest uh, in Billy Napier. But the key for Florida is to have a head coach going forward that is a relentless recruiter. Because the teams that are having the most success right now, Nick Saban is a relentless recruiter. Kirby Smart is a relentless recruiter. Jimbo Fisher, relentless recruiter. Even Shane Beamer building the program at South Carolina, he is the type of head coach that you want to have because he is a relentless recruiter. Sam Pittman loves Arkansas the same way. Relentless recruiter. Imagine saying that five times. Relentless recruiter. But that is what you got to have at Florida. You got to have a head coach that loves recruiting because Dan Mullen didn't. He, and we've, had Dave Waters on the show from Gators Breakdown before. And we've talked about uh, on the show with him about how Dan Mullen, his brash personality doesn't come off well in recruiting, doesn't necessarily like to recruit. He's obviously the more X's and O's, draw it up on the chalkboard kind of football coach. And and that's just who he is. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. But to have success in the SEC the way that Florida wants to have, and they should, the expectations should always be high at Florida. And especially now because of how down Florida State and Miami are right now. The expectations in recruiting should be really high at Florida. So if you can get a coach in there if you're Florida that's a relentless recruiter, that's going to build a staff that loves to recruit, that's how you can get back on the right track uh, if you're the Florida Gator program. So just some just some generic thoughts on that from me and and obviously we'll have more about it as we know who the as we know who the next head coach is at Florida seems to all the attention is going to be focused on Billy Napier right now and and for good reason and but there's probably still uh, some more candidates that Scott Strickland is talking to right now because he's obviously known about this uh, it's been decided for a couple weeks as he's had some time to really dive in to coaches and and we'll Obviously, no more uh, here in the next couple of weeks. I'm certainly looking forward to that. And as we wrap up the show, got to give out the crunch time players for week 12. Malik Cunningham for Louisville. We didn't cover Louisville versus Duke on the show today, but Louisville knocks off Duke by, by 40. Malik Cunningham it was responsible for seven touchdowns in the game, over 300 yards passing, five touchdown passes, two touchdown rushes for Malik Cunningham. So he is definitely a crunch time player for week 12. And Bryce Young, 
talked about him a little bit earlier when we talked about Alabama, but Bryce Young, over 550 yards passing, five touchdowns, set, set the records for Alabama. And you can argue that Jamison Williams uh, should have been the crunch time player uh, for, for this game, and, and rightfully so. He made the huge uh, touchdown catch in the back of the end zone as he dove out, laid out for that one. So he's definitely deserving as well. But Bryce Young, the, the record breaker, uh, Bryce Young in week 12 is the crunch time player for Alabama uh, here. And C.J. Stroud, man, what a day he had. Distributed the football extremely well. Like we said, Smith and J-Bug, Wilson, and Olave all had over 100 yards receiving. And C.J. Stroud, the maestro of the Ohio State offense that's firing on all cylinders right now. He is the crunch time player for week 12 for Ohio State. Tavian Thomas, talked about him a little bit earlier, over 90 yards rushing, three touchdowns for Utah, an integral part in Utah's 38-7 upset over number three, Oregon. So Tavian Thomas from Utah gets the crunch time player honor for the Utes for week 12. And finally, Zaquandre White from South Carolina, the running back. He is a guy that, that we specifically on the show haven't really talked about much this season, but he has really been a crunch time player for the whole season for South Carolina. He's been the top running back. Him and Kevin Harris are the, are the two top running backs coming down the stretch here for South Carolina, but another huge day for Zaquandre White on the ground against Auburn, and, and he makes the plays and he makes the crunch time plays for South Carolina, especially uh, in the last few weeks. Uh, all credit to Zaquandre White. Caught another touchdown pass as well out of the backfield. It was the same play that he caught the touchdown pass against Missouri on. And so Zaquandre White, he is a crunch time player, the running back from South Carolina. And with that, that'll wrap us up here for the crunch time recap, recapping everything that happened week 12 in college football again. Make sure you subscribe to the Crunch Time Plays YouTube channel. Absolutely free to do that. Just one click of a button down below your screen there. Hit subscribe. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And make sure you're following on social media at Plays Crunch, Twitter, and Instagram. Absolutely free to do all of those. We've got some exciting stuff coming up on Crunch Time Plays. Thank you so much. And it is Thanksgiving week, so happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. We'll be back later in the week, obviously, for crunch time previews for rivalry week. But enjoy Thanksgiving with your friends and loved ones, everybody. And just from speaking from, from me, I am truly thankful to all the guests that have come on this show and truly thankful to all of you for watching and listening to Crunch Time Plays. Definitely have never thought that we've able been able to build uh, what we're building here. So very excited. Just started this show out on the whim. Uh, back in February. So thank you so much to everybody who's been with us since then. And thank you so much to everybody who's picked us up along the way. Truly, truly thankful for everybody out there and all the, all the support and happy Thanksgiving again, everybody. I'm Ben Aganey as always. This has been the week 12 crunch time recap right here on crunch time plays. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody, and God bless everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Crunch Time Plays with your host, Bennett Ganey. Make sure to like, subscribe, and follow at Plays Crunch on Twitter and Instagram.